And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Ness attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This time, Dick Kalmar stars as enemy to those who make him an enemy, friend to those who have no friend, on Boston Blackie from 1946. Then, Arthur Lake and Penny Singleton star in a radio comedy episode of Blondie from 1949. But first, let me say hello to my co-host, who's also a blondie, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hi, well, I had a little help with the blondes. Did you? I did. Just well, a I've wee seen bit. little pictures of you as a kid, and you have blondish hair. I do. It's just a little brighter. Yeah? Today. Highlighted it? Just a little brighter, natural. Yeah. Well, natural it's that, brightening. that shampoo that costs $400 a bottle. It's Prell. Oh, Prowl. I thought sure. it was Kremel cream. That yeah. too. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, Prowl would work and make yeah. it all nice and shiny like that. It sure does. Well, guess what? Hey, look who that is over there. Mike Costello. Ooh, where? Mike? Yeah. Where is he? Mike Costello is here. The whole team's here. And Lisa has her parents in the studio. Um, we'll, uh, we'll maybe say hi to them with the mics in a little bit. Uh, but you have uh, your your dad, Robert, and your mom, Alice, who was named after Alice Faye. So that's why we're going to play a little. We are little going hair. to do that. All right, well, we'll say hi to them in a little bit. But right now it's time for Boston Blackie, which was a fictional amateur detective character created by Jack Boyle. And Boston Blackie actually started out as a criminal and a master safe cracker. And then he went to jail, and he was rehabilitated in jail, and he used his knowledge of the underworld to fight crime as an amateur detective, and he was billed as enemy to those who make him an enemy, friend to those who have no friend. Of course, Chester Morris played him in about 14 films that were produced by Columbia Pictures, and then uh, Morris actually played the part on radio for one season, but then Dick Kalmar came aboard, and he starred as Boston Blackie for the uh, majority of the run. And we have a Dick Kalmar episode for you now called The Jerry Williams Case from August 6, 1946. Here's part one now of Boston Blackie. Order. Order in the court. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. I know you've brought in a verdict of not guilty in the state's case against Jerry Williams for the murder of Thomas Blaine, and I do not blame you. The state did not produce sufficient evidence for you to have convicted him. This is most unfortunate in view of the fact that you know as well as I do that the defendant is guilty. But nevertheless, I must now discharge you as having done your duty as you saw fit. 
Will the defendant please rise? I guess you mean me, huh, Judge? Yes. I mean you, Mr. Williams. Okay. What's on your mind, Judge? You will desist from smelling that gardenia in your buttonhole and listen to what I have to say. Maybe I prefer smelling the flower. <laughs> Order. Order in this court. Mr. Williams, what has occurred in this courtroom during your trial is a gross miscarriage of justice. All of us here are well aware of that. And we are well aware of the fact that the state's witnesses fail to appear against you because you either bought them off or frightened them out of testifying against you. Ain't that a shame. <laughs> because the prosecution failed to bring the proper evidence against you, Mr. Williams, I am powerless to do anything but let you go free. But while you have been tried for the murder of Thomas Blaine... Yeah, and free to the murder, too. Don't forget that. I am well aware of that, Mr. Williams. But I hope that you are as well aware that you have yet to stand trial for the murder of Frank Lash. Judge, you try me for a dozen murders if you haven't got anything better to do this season. I got ways of beating any rap you tag me with. Pretty flower of God's in you, isn't it, Judge? I just love the smell of them. And now on to Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy, friend to those who have no friends. Here's your new gardenia, Jerry. Thanks, Mac. <sighs> so doesn't that smell good? <laughs> yeah, toss us all one of the wastebasket balls off. Direct, Jerry. <laughs> You know, these things keep better outside of jail. Must be the fresh air. Correct. <laughs> Judge let you out on bail for the Frank Lash trap. Well, he had to. Didn't want to seem prejudiced. So, incidentally, <laughs> you fellas did a nice job acquiring those witnesses against me in the blind killing. <laughs> it was a pleasure to do it, Jerry. Correct. And we got the witnesses of the Lash killing all fixed, too. Right, Bozo? Correct. You ain't got a thing to worry about, Jerry. Good. I uh, say, there's a newscast on the radio right now. Let's see if the commentator's happy to know I'm a free man. Good idea. Yeah. Never mind, Bozo. I'll turn it on. Key wreck. When are they going to try you for the little job you did on Lash, huh? <laughs> I don't know. The date wasn't set. The judge didn't feel like chatting with me socially. <laughs> Snob, don't you think? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, God, Dean, you sure do smell good. Mm. Wonder if buttonholes are just made to hold flowers like this. Yeah, here's the news you want to hear. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was freed of the murder of Thomas Blaine. But Williams, out on bail, is still to be tried for the murder of Frank Lash, found shot to death in Williams' waterfront hideout six weeks ago. The state is confident of a conviction in the Lash murder case, and today announced that a surprise witness will testify against Williams. Uh-oh. You've heard this witness name before. It's Boston Blackie. Gee. State's attorney John Gilligan says Boston Blackie will Turn appear in the trial sure, again. Sure, so Boston Blackie's going to testify against me, huh? We can take care of him just like we took care of the others, Jerry. Right, Bozo? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, fellas, I think you'll pay Blackie a little visit. This sort of puts the whammy on our plans for holding up that next bank truck, though, doesn't it? No, 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 no. We'll go through with that according to schedule. But first, Mac, I think you better see Boston Blackie. Sure, Jerry. <laughs> and you too, Bozo. And just in case he wants to argue, uh... Take along, you persuader. Correct. Huh? <laughs> I'm sorry, Mary, but I, 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 I can't leave my apartment just now. Oh, why not, Blackie? You said you'd be here in over an hour, and it's been almost. I know, Mary. It's been almost two hours. Sorry, but I've been busy, and I'm still busy. Blackie, what's the matter? 
Nothing's the matter. I'm just busy, that's all. Blackie, is something wrong? Of course not. I'll phone you tomorrow. Goodbye. <clears throat> now, uh, what were you boys saying? That you better suddenly have a very bad memory. Yeah. In regard to what? We told you. In regard to what you think you saw happen to Frank Lash. Oh, you're Jerry Williams' friend, huh? Yeah. I see. And my pal Bozo here has another kind of friend pointing at you through his pocket. Hold it so we can see it, Bozo. Key wreck. See it, Blackie? Yes, quite well, thank you. Well, now, Bozo here can make you lose more than your memory if you don't play ball with us, Blackie. And what kind of ball do you fellows play? Eight ball with you behind it. Unless you decide to forget what you know about the Frank Lash killing. You know something, fellas? You're so nice and sweet about this, I think I'll follow your little suggestion. <laughs> in fact, I've never forgotten anything so fast in all my life. Well, that's nice. But look, Blackie, no tricks, see? If you're lying to us about this, you'll find that girl you were just talking to lying in the street. So cold she can freeze ice. Get me? Got you. And if you don't, we get her. Uh, See? I'm uh, going to try out, Blackie. Who was Frank Lash? Lash? Never heard of him. (laughs) Okay, Blackie. You'll do. Let's go, Mac. Blackie, you've cluttered up my office with some crazy ideas. But this is the craziest yet. Faraday, you've got to listen to me. You've got to lay off Jerry Williams and his gang. Nothing doing. I'm going to nab every last one of them, from Jerry on down. Faraday, if my head was as big and as hollow as yours, I'd run it out for a rehearsal hall. If you'll just do as I say, I'll see that you have the Williams gang. Not only rounded up, but convicted. Remember, I said convicted, but quick. How do you know how long it'll take? I don't, but I know if you do what I say, we'll get things done twice as fast. Look, I am not asking this for myself, but for Mary Wesley. Mary? What's she got to do with this? Nothing that she knows of. And part of the nothing is that the Williams gang will kill her if I remember what I know about Williams killing Lash. You you aren't going to forget to remember, are you? Yes, I am, Faraday, and... Blackie, whose side are you on? I could arrest you for what you're planning to do. Look, if you don't forget this... You do what I say, and I will remember. Uh, You'd better. What do you want me to do? Leave the Williams gang alone till I tell you when. Oh, I'm supposed to grab him, but I gotta wait till you tell me when. What, what happens after that? Don't worry, Faraday. I'll not only tell you when, as usual, I'll tell you where and how. Mm, this waiting around gets in my nerves. What about you, Bozo? Me, Mac? <laughs> I ain't got no nerves. Yeah. I ain't got nothing except this stick of dynamite my mitt in there. You to toss it when that bank clerk shows up. Working for Jerry is good for the pocketbook, but bad for the nerves. What happens if a cop passes by and wants to know why we're parked here? What happens? <laughs> I leave the dynamite for a second and I talk him out of it with this rod of mine. No. No cop killing, Bozo, do you hear? I heard, but I don't understand. <laughs> Only way there'll be no cop killing is if no cop shows up. Hey, Matt. It's a car coming. Yeah. It's a truck. The armor truck. Get ready, Bozo. Get ready. Erect. Here they come. Yep. Here goes the dynamite. Then. <laughs> there they go. Good toss in, Bozo. Now, come on. We gotta grab that cash. Now it's scram. Erect. 
Hey. Truck's busted wide open, but the driver looks still alive. How long do you think he's going to stay alive? Get him, Bozo. He's going for his gun. Not anymore, he ain't. That got him, Bozo. No. Let's haul this dough out of here fast. Key wreck, Mac. Come on, work fast before we have visitors. All right. Get that stuff over to our car, Bozo. Key wreck. I'm getting it. All right. I'll grab this sack full here. Good. That's the last of it. Come now on. let's scram. Hey. Hey, somebody's coming. Come on, let's get out of here. Key wreck, Mac. We're all set to go. Let's go, then. Hey, hey, inside the truck, what happened here? Hey, oh. hey holy mackerel. Hey, hey, you. Hey, what happened? We, we got held up. Held up? Yeah. Uh, did you got to look at the guys two, who... Two guys. What, what'd you say? Two, two guys in the car just now. Two of them, huh? That car just pulled away. Uh, did you know... Too bad, pal. Well, I got a good look at them. I'll get even for you. Hello, Mary. Oh. Oh, it's you, Blackie. It's me, Blackie. Is your appetite so terrific that you need a table for two all by yourself? I've already eaten. Well, sit with me, then. I'm just having a sandwich. And, Mary, don't be angry. You didn't come to see me. I couldn't come to see you. I couldn't even call you up. And then you say, Mary, don't be angry. Just, just like that. Well, don't be, Mary. I, I, I don't want your excuses. I don't want your company. And, and and right now, I don't even want your talk. Goodbye. Hey, wait a minute, Mary. Aren't you going to have any dessert? Not if I have to eat it with you standing here. Okay, but you're not going to stay angry at me, are you? I certainly am, and that's a promise. Goodbye. <laughs> well, please keep that promise you made to me, Mary, because I've got to go to work and break a promise I made to the Jerry Williams gang. Gang leader Jerry Williams, under indictment for the murder of Frank Lash, hears that Boston Blackie is to be one of the witnesses against him. But Williams' gang threatens Blackie and his friend Mary Wesley with death if Blackie testifies. So Blackie promised to forget it. Feeling safe again, the Williams gang hijacked an armored truck killing its crew. As we return to our story, Inspector Faraday is questioning a witness to the hijacker. Look, Masters, didn't you tell me last night you could identify the men who held up that armored truck? Well, well, last night, Inspector Faraday, I was too excited to know what I was saying. You knew what you were saying, all right. And you said those two men on the police lineup last night were the men you saw hijack that truck and kill the driver and his rider. I said that? I must have been crazy. I mean, I've never seen them before. Uh, what did the Williams gang threaten to do to you? Uh, you no th- one threatened me with anything. I just didn't get a good look at the hold of men, that's all. Uh, get out of here, Masters. Uh, sure, sure. Well, sorry, Inspector. Uh, you ought to be. Goodbye. Now, uh, all the... Come in. Hello, Inspector. Get out of here, Blackie. I won't get out of here till I find out what I can get out of you. Look, you grabbed a couple of rats from the Williams gang for that hijacking last night, didn't you? Yeah, but I have to let them go. Mm, because the witness suddenly couldn't remember all mm. that. Just like you to bet on a sure thing. Never mind about that. I'd like to talk to you. And if you'll listen, I think you'll like what you hear. Who is it? Boston Blackie. Boston? Come in. My little company, Williams? Depends on whether or not the company minds me. So behave yourself, Blackie. You want me to be a good boy? Oh, no. 
Now, Williams is no prophet in being good. No? No. You ought to know that. You're one of the few men I know who disproves the theory that crime doesn't pay. <laughs> you know, Blackie, you know what you're doing? Anything pays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Say, it's a nice new gardenia in your buttonhole there. Kind of a trademark, isn't it? I haven't been without a gardenia in my buttonhole for five years. Okay. An expensive hobby. Look, you have a good business here. I like the way it operates. You mean you like the way I run it? Maybe that's it. Anyway, I'd like to join you. You could use me. Yeah. I can use your head and I can use your hands, but I can't trust you. Well, try me out then. On a job, huh? <laughs> Would you open the vault at the National Bank? Ah, too tough, especially for a job where I'd be on trial. I think you ought to give me something a little easier to start out. Ah. So you're on the level about wanting it, aren't you? You'd enjoy the, uh, National Bank job. I would have known you were trying to trap me. What about it? Am I in? <laughs> well, I could use you on the safe of the Jones Express Company. I'll have a big cash shipment through tomorrow night. Would you uh, open that one for me? I don't know. I'd have to see it first. There are some safes even I can't open. All right, Blackie. I still don't trust you. But I'm going to let you in. From now on, until the Jones Express job is over, though, I'm not letting you out of my sight. Out of my gun sight. If I try to tip off the cops, I'll get it. That's it, huh? Mm-hmm. Look, I'm willing to come in on your terms, but you have to do a couple of things for me. What, for instance? Well, for one instance, I'd like to know who I'm working with. Who's in your gang? Gang? <laughs> I have three boys working for me. Only three? That's all. But they're great. There's Mac McPherson, for one. Oh, yes, I know. Yeah. And Harry Tobin... He scares people into lapses of memory. Does it very well, too. So Tobin's with you, huh? Well, you have a nice crew. Oh, you bet I have. Bozo Leach is the third member. Known too, don't you? By reputation on his visit to me yesterday. Well, those are the boys you work with. Satisfied? Yes, I think so. Now, about the second thing you've got to do for me. I'd like to write a letter. Uh-uh. Nothing to him, Blackie. But look, it's just to Mary Wesley, and it's really for your sake... For my sake? How do you figure that? You say you're not going to let me out of your sight until the job is over. Well, if I'm not around tonight, tomorrow, and tomorrow night, Mary's going to get excited. Cops will be looking for me everywhere. Well, that sounds right. Okay, you can send her a letter, only uh, I'll write it. You just sign it. Well? It's all right with me. But I think I'd better send a special delivery. Send it anywhere you want. Good enough. Now... When do I get to see the safe at the Jones Express Company? Right now. But remember, Blackie, I'll have a gun in your back all the way. The first phony move, and it's your last. That's the safe over there, Blackie. Can you open it? Where, Jerry? You can see it behind that big stack of labels on the table. Oh, yeah, I see it. I'll walk over and pretend to be inspecting the labels on that table in front of the safe. Let you know then. Coming? <laughs> you know I am, sweetheart. <laughs> I know. Well, Blackie? Yeah. Yeah, I can open. All right. But no funny stuff when we get outside. No worry. Funny stuff and you're the one who'll have to worry. 
Say, may I mail my letter to Mary Wesley now? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, see if that's the letter I addressed. Uh-huh. Okay, mail it. Let me go back to my place. And tomorrow night, Blackie, you open that safe in the Jones Express Company. That's the first portion of Boston Blackie. More after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club, where each month you'll receive 10 of the greatest shows of all time on five CDs in a collector case. Join now and receive your first five-CD collection of 10 classic radio shows, regularly priced at $39.95 for only $4.99. Each month I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows of all time from my library of 100,000 shows and send them to you on five CDs. And I promise they'll be superior sound quality and you'll never receive a duplicate show. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com and we'll rush you your first five-CD collection with ten of the greatest classic radio shows of all time for only $4.99. Your first collection will feature Abbott and Costello, Sam Spade, Dimension X, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Gunsmoke, Have Gun Will Travel, Inner Sanctum, Jack Benny, and Suspense. You're going to love the Classic Radio Club. Learn how to join at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Hey, fans of Classic Radio, Carl Amari here. I've created a free app just for you. Get 10 Classic Radio shows free in the Classic Radio Shows app. Plus, there are many more shows available for in-app purchase. You can get your free Classic Radio Shows app in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. The easiest way to get your free app is to log on to Hollywood360Radio.com and scroll down to the Classic Radio Shows app banner and click either the Google link or the Apple link. Don't miss out. Get your free Classic Radio Shows app today. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now let's get back to Boston Blackie. Well, come on, come on. How soon will you have the safe open, Blackie? It's open now, Jerry. I think. Yeah, there it is. Good. This is where we get out of here. Come on, the boys are waiting outside to come in and get the money. You still don't trust me, huh? Nope. That's kind of mine. It's still in your bag. Come on. All right. All I wanted you for was open the safe. Boys out here will pick up the dough and meet us later. They know the little hideout you picked out. Now, I warned them about the watchman. Psst. Psst. Hurry. Yeah, Jerry. You, Bozo, and Mac, go and get the dough. Okay. Ready, Bozo? Key wrecked. Come on, Mac. Like and I'll meet you at the mill house at midnight. All right, so long, fellas. Good luck. Come on, Blackie, the car you drive. Sure. Well, so far, so good. All right, let's get out of here. This is me. I have one stop I want to make before we get to the moon. One house. stop, nothing. We're going straight. But I have to make the stop. Hey, how much all the shooting for? Well, the watchman must have made an appearance. Your boys said they're going to take care of him. Guess they did. Oh, yeah, the watchman. Uh-huh. I guess it's a cab, all right. <laughs> nice boys, aren't they? So this is a stop you want to make, Blackie, at a florist? That's right. Come on in. I'll be careful what you say here, Blackie. Oh, good evening, gentlemen. Well, what can I do for you? I'd like a gardenia, please. A gardenia, all right, of course. Just a minute, sir. Hey, hey, what's the idea, Blackie? Oh, Jerry, we've just pulled a great job. You like gardenias, so I thought I'd buy you one. 
Sort of a token of, uh, well, uh, partnership. Well, thanks. Thanks a lot, Blackie, but, uh... Look, you let me in, didn't you? Well, I want to show my appreciation for that sort of... Here you are. I suppose you want it in a box. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, Here. Well, let's go, Jerry. We've got a pressing date that will relieve what you have pressing against my back, I hope. Uh, why'd you have to pick this creepy mill house to meet the boys, Blackie? <laughs> my God, Jenny doesn't smell as good out here. Yeah, well, the one I bought you. Huh? You're always hiding out in a swank place, Jerry. I figured this would be the last place in the world the cops would think to look for you. Well, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> I don't like the looks of that river running under the floor here. You know, the boy should have been here 15 minutes ago. Can't figure it. They're always on time. Say, when are you going to put your gun away, huh? Getting a little tired of looking I'll at it. I'll put it away when the boys get here. Hey. hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's an awful lot of shootings we pulled away from that job. Too much shooting for killing just one guard, but just enough for shooting three guys... Don't move, Blackie. Don't move. What's the matter? You know what the matter is. This whole deal's been a double cross, hasn't it? What do you mean? I mean, after you and I left the express company, the boys walked into a trap. And they got the boys, huh? Maybe. Maybe nothing. I don't know how you did it, Blackie, because I was with you all the time. I never let you out of my sight, but... You tipped off the cops and the boys are dead, aren't they? Well, I wouldn't wait here for them too long, if I were you. Don't worry, I'm not. You probably got the cops on the way here, too, but... They won't find me, Blackie, just you, and all they'll find you is your body. You mean you'd kill me after I gave you that lovely gardenia? Yeah, I love gardenias. But, Blackie, I don't like double-crossers. Stand still, stand still. (laughs) I'm going to enjoy this. Now, first, thank you for the gardenia. You know, I always sniff a gardenia before I kill a guy. Now, Blackie, uh, uh, well, say, so what's the matter with me? You're going to sleep, Jerry, because there's chloroform on that gardenia. Well, and there's a sleeping potion in this fist of mine. Blackie, you all right? Well, Inspector Faraday, late as usual, yes, I'm all right. And this sleeping beauty on the floor here, he's all yours. Oh, it's a lovely afternoon for a walk, isn't it, Blackie? Well, that depends on whether you're forgiven for doubting me. Oh. Say, Mary. Oh, yes. Well, am I? <laughs> you are. Good. You know, I understand now why you didn't want to see me. It was for my own protection, wasn't it? But there are a couple of things I don't understand. What were those? Well, for one, how did Inspector Faraday know that you were going to rob the Jones Express Company safe? Well, I sent him a Jones Express Company label, Mary, pasted on the back of an envelope addressed to you. Yes, but I didn't get any letter from you. I know, Mary. I knew Williams would never let me write to Faraday, so before I went out to join his gang, I told Faraday to watch your mailbox. Any letter sent special delivery to you would be a message to him. All he had to see was that label, and he knew where the Williams gang was going to work. I see. Very, very clever. But uh, now, my friend, just a minute. How did you get a gardenia with chloroform on it? Well, that was arranged with the florist, Mary, before I went to see Williams. Oh, I see. 
Well, your arrangement certainly worked out, Blackie. I see where Jerry Williams is going to be tried for the lash murder. Yes, and the witnesses have come forward and promised to tell all this Why time. Why shouldn't they? Mr. Williams doesn't have any more on the outside to intimidate them. All the members of his gang were killed when they tried to shoot it out with the police at the Jones Express office, weren't they? Oh, Blackie. What? What's wrong? Look at the lovely flowers in this florist window here. I get it. What kind would you like? One of those lovely gardenias. You know, everybody loves gardenias, Blackie. Really? Ask Mr. Jerry Williams what he thinks of gardenias, Mary. He'll tell you that to him, they were poison ivy. And that's Boston Blackie from August 6, 1946, with the Jerry Williams case, starring Dick Kalmar, also in the cast Leslie Woods as his girlfriend Mary, and then Maurice Tarplin. As Inspector Faraday, that was a syndicated broadcast. All right, before we tune into Blondie, I want to remind all of our listeners about our new classic radio club. And this is a club we recently started, and we have tons of people signing up. And you should, too, if you haven't. Right, Lisa? I think it's a great deal. Uh, what you get is 10 of the greatest shows of all time on five CDs. It comes in a collector's case, and these shows were handpicked with love by Carl, who knows what the best of the best is. And I didn't is. do an eeny, meeny, miny, mo either. I actually listened to the shows and made sure they were great. No, I, I know that. And here's the thing. If you like Hollywood 360, you will love the Classic Radio Club. Yep. Because we can offer you all these radio shows sent to your home every month at the low price of... Well, the first month, it's only $4.99. And these... Ten shows on five CDs are valued at thirty nine ninety five. Now, thereafter that first month, they're fourteen ninety nine. But the first month, get your first collection of five CDs for only four dollars and ninety nine cents. Now, how do you join the Classic Radio Club? Just go to classicradioclub.com. That's Classic Radio Club. And those first shows, the 10 shows you're going to get, well, you get Abbott and Costello with the Who's On First. And you get uh, Sam Spade Detective, Dimension X, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Gunsmoke, Have Gun, Will Travel, Inner Sanctum, Jack Benny, and Suspense. Go to Classic Radio Club to learn all about it. I also write very copious notes about these shows and send those along with the CDs, too, so you can read along while you're listening to the shows, learn all about these classic radio programs. And then every month, I'll choose 10 more shows and send them to you on five CDs. And uh, every single month after that, unless you cancel. So go to Classic Radio Club. Com. All right, it's time now for Blondie. This was a comedy series, and it was adapted from the long-running Blondie comic strip by Chick Young. It aired from 1939 all the way to 1950 on radio. There were 28 Blondie films that starred Penny Singleton as Blondie and Arthur Lake as her dim-witted husband, Dagwood. In the comic strip, movies, radio, and subsequent TV series, the Bumsteads were a loving couple raising their children, Alexander and Cookie. They also had a dog named Daisy. 
Blondie was a smart, sweet, and responsible woman, a lot like Lisa. She was also extremely beautiful. And Dagwood was a kind and loving, yet clumsy, naive man with an insatiable appetite for food. Dagwood worked as an office manager at the J.C. Dithers Construction Company and always had troubles with his boss. The radio sponsors over the run included Super Suds, and it was heard over NBC for most of its run. Uh, We have an episode of Blondie for you now. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's go back to a broadcast date of February 9th, 1949. Alexander is having uh, all kinds of problems. Let's tune this in. Part one of Blondie. Ah, 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 don't touch that dial. Listen to... Yes, folks, it's another half hour of fun with Blondie and Dagwood brought to you by Super Suds. The new Super Suds with Pyray, the soap that makes all your clothes look newer. Well, the subject of Alexander's schoolwork is one that frequently gets a working over in the Bumstead house. And Blondie and Dagwood are afraid the subject is coming up again this evening when Alexander's schoolteacher, Miss Henrietta Frisbee, drops in to see them. Uh, may I take your coat, Miss Frisbee? No, thank you, Mrs. Bumstead. I just thought I'd drop in for a moment. Oh, who was at the door, Blondie? Did you give them the good old brush off? Uh, huh? uh, uh, oh. Uh, <laughs> hello. Uh, I think you remember my husband, don't you, Miss Frisbee? Indeed I do. Indeed I do. <laughs> How are you, Miss Frisky? Please. The name is Frisbee. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Miss Frisbee, yes. Much better. How are you? Oh, do you do? Oh, I'm just dandy, and you? I'm dandy, too. Uh, well, uh, Miss Frisbee, did you come here to, uh... Ah, uh, yes, it's too bad. But all parents regard my visits with alarm. When they see me, they're inclined to raise their eyebrows and remark, Well, here comes the old babe with the bad news. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, tell us, have Alexander's grades dropped? No, but he seemed very high-strung lately. Oh. He's very nervous. I'm telling you this because it could lead to an emotional imbalance, uh, Psychological disturbance or uh, hypertension, referred to in modern psychiatrical practice as uh, the jumpy wumpies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, come to think about it, I've noticed he's been worried. This morning I caught our little son looking in the mirror for gray hairs. And this evening he only had two helpings of my lemon pie. Hmm. Well, well, not hitting the feed bag either. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> oh, what's he been doing in school, Miss Frisbee? Well, it's not what he's been doing. It's what he hasn't been doing. Alexander's usually such an active boy. For instance, no one ever walks past his desk without being tripped. The children refer to that aisle as Alexander's Alley. <laughs> But for the last two days, there have been no casualties. Well, maybe he's decided to turn over a new leaf. No, I doubt it. But I know Alexander is worried about something. And I'd like you to find out what it is and solve the problem before it knocks his grades flatter than a $2 cornet. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for telling us about this, Miss Frisbee. Oh, not at all. And if there's anything I can do, give me a buzzaroo. Yeah. Oh, cool, we will do. (laughs) I hope to see an early improvement in Alexander's interest in life. Just lately, things have been very dull. Goodbye now, Mrs. Bumstead. Well, thank you, and goodbye, Miss Frisky. Yeah, g- goodbye, Mrs. Frisky. Mr. Bumstead, yeah. the name is not 
Frisbee. It's Frisky. <laughs> I mean, it's Frisbee. <laughs> oh, goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goodbye. Oh, honey. Oh. You're always deviling poor Miss Frisky. <laughs> I mean, Frisbee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're hopeless. <laughs> now, what are we going to do about Alex? Yeah, well, we'll have a talk with him the first thing in the morning. What do you think is wrong? Well, we'll see tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, my diagnosis is dames. Now, what seems to be the trouble, Alexander? Yes, tell your father what the problem is, son. Well, parents, I've been worried. Mm -hmm. Yes, we know that, but what are you worried about? Well, it's the same old story, Mom. I'm worried about girls. <laughs> what did I tell you, Blondie? <laughs> what did I tell you, Blondie? Dames, uh, I mean, girls. Um, yes. You know, Valentine's Day is coming up, and I have to decide whether to send a Valentine to Sylvia or to Ginger. Oh, is that all it is? Why, Dagwood. Why? Valentine's can be very serious. Mm. Remember that great big lacy one you sent me once? Mm -hmm. And it said, uh, Darling, I'm swimming in an ocean of tears. Please be my heartthrob all through the yeah, year. Yeah, never mind, Bonnie. Gosh. <laughs> Gosh, pretty corny. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> it ended with, if you would only be my wife, I'd give up sandwiches for life. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, I couldn't send anything like that to Sylvia or Ginger. Well, Alexander, I've heard you talk about Sylvia, but who is Ginger? Oh, she's something new that's coming to my life. Oh, dear. <laughs> and I thought you were so interested in Sylvia. Well, I am, Mom, but I want to keep my eye on a spear, too. Well, <laughs> oh, you men. Well, that's the way it's got to be, Mom. Oh, women are so fickle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right, Alexander. They sure are. Right. This is all except your mother. That's better. Yeah, I, I suppose. You see, Pop, uh. if I send a valentine to Sylvia and don't send one to Ginger, then I'm all washed up with Ginger. Oh, oh yeah. And also vice versa. Uh-huh. Well, what if you send a valentine to both of them? Well, then they'll get together and find out which valentine costs the most. Or if they both cost the same, they'll decide which has the most lace and fancy stuff on it. Mm. No matter how I figure it out, I'm going to lose one girl. Yeah. <laughs> well, personally, I don't see how you can afford more than one girl, Alexander. Well, Pop, it is pretty tough on the allowance you give me. Mm. Can we discuss that for a moment? And all some other time. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think this junior triangle problem is anything for us to get mixed up in. Mm. He better solve it himself. Yeah, it sounds a little too complicated to me, too. Oh, gee, I thought you were going to help me. All right, well, okay, let's see. Now, we'll figure something out for you. Oh, Dad, but look at the time. You've got to hurry. Blondie, you're always saying that when I have plenty of... Oh, let's go. I'll get the door open for yeah, you. I've got to break all records. I'm not going to get the door open. Oh, let's face it, dear. You're going to be late anyway. The door's open. Come on, Pop. I've got your hat and coat. Yeah, here I come. Where's my hat? Where's my coat? Here you are. Look out. What happened? Help. I can't see anything. Oh, Dad, you've got your sleeve and your hat and your head and your elbow. I mean, don't fly around and hurry. You'll never make it by 9 o'clock. Mr. Dithers will be wild. Come on, Pop. Keep thinking about my problem. Yeah, I will. Hurry, hurry. Goodbye, dear. Goodbye. Where is that stumble bum bumstead? It's practically nine o'clock. He's going to be late this time. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Well, that was eight, but where's nine? 
Come on, strike nine. Strike. I, I made it. There. <laughs> Mom said you're awful lucky. Yeah. That clock gave you a long count. <laughs> well, it ought to do something for me, Mr. Diddies. Every Saturday night, I see that it gets well oiled. <laughs> oh, no. Look, I promised myself I wouldn't shout at you today. But are you aware of the fact that tomorrow's St. Valentine's Day and you haven't warned me as I told you to last oh, year? Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember you wanted me to remind you to send a memo to myself to remind you to get Mrs. Dennis a pair of earrings, a box of candy, and two dozen of red roses, yeah. But Bumstead, you forgot to remind me to send you a memo to remind me. But you didn't remember to remind me to send you a memo. I did remember to remind you to remind you. What's the use? I also wanted to send the wife a comic valentine. Mm. I was going to get one of those real revolting ones. Yeah. Just doesn't seem fair, Mr. Dillies. Well, I'll give her the earrings myself as a present, along with a box of candy. Ah. That'll make her feel good. Yeah. Then I'll send the roses to her with a card saying, from someone who loves you. And she'll never guess it from me. No. <laughs> oh, I see that she'll think she has a secret admirer, huh? That'll make her feel so good, she'll be difficult to live with. So I got to send her the comic Valentine to bring her back down to the earth again. Yeah. I'll see if I can find one entitled Baboon Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Dennis, what made you remember Valentine's Day was coming up? Oh, Cora sent me a little reminder in the morning mail. Hmm. It came in that heart-shaped red box over there. Oh, what was it? A first aid kit. <laughs> I caught on right away. Oh, that reminds me. Valentine's Day almost made me late this morning. Almost? Mm. You were saved by that chiseling chime. Mm. Well, what's the matter now? Well, Alexander's got a Valentine's Day problem with two little girls. Oh, those good old school days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was going steady with five different girls in five different towns and keeping up a hot correspondence with all of them. Yeah, of course, the males were slower in those days. Well, I wasn't one of the slow ones. <laughs> The postal service was slow. Yeah. But on second thought, you could have always used the Pony Express, couldn't you? Bombstead. Yeah. I'm not that old. Hey, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, maybe it just seems that way. Huh? You know, I, oh, look, Mr. Gittes, I really wanted to get an opinion from you about Alexander's little problem. Remember? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I'll be delighted to put my experience at the disposal of little Bumlet. Mm-hmm. Well, it's about... Uh, well, he's got two little girls, Sylvia and Ginger, and if he sends a valentine to one, he'll lose the other, and if he sends one to both, uh, they'll compare them and find out which is the best, and he'll be in hot water. Uh, what should he do, signed Anxious? Dear Anxious, yeah. I had a problem like that once. Mm. I solved it by not sending anything to either of the girls. Then I went to each of them separately and asked her how she liked the ten-pound box of candy I sent her. Yeah, but uh, what did you say when she said she didn't get any candy at all? I told her I'd spend my last cent on it. But I'd been swindled. And then I put my head on her shoulder and cried like a baby. Yeah. So she told me not to feel bad, that it was the thought that really counted. Gee, Mr. Didders, you haven't changed a bit, have you? <laughs> well, of course, after that, I'd refused the loan of five dollars she'd offer me. But when she insisted, I'd accept it. Then I'd go over and take the other girl out with the five bucks. <laughs> 
Paul, I love Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Alexander had better try that. Why not? Well, he's not like you, J.C. <laughs> to do that, he'd have to be sort of a crook. Uh, kind of a... Uh, well, a, a rat. A uh, root. No, well, he's not your type. Well, that'll be all from you, B.B. Brain. Yeah. I'll get in there to your desk and get to work. Oh, thank you. Yes, sir. And I'm going to check this clock. And if it's slow, I'll dock your pay for every second of work that I didn't get. Yeah. And as a bonus, I'll run your little finger in the pencil sharpener. <laughs> All right, that's the first portion of Blondie from 1949, starring Arthur Lake and Penny Singleton. More of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Well, next time it's the conclusion to Blondie from 1949. Then we'll have a good mystery on Crime Does Not Pay from 1949 as well, starring Martin Gable. That's next time right here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.